This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Stir of Echoes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the bifocaled, corked, super grifty, porked out, sunshine feasting, cool walking, smooth talking, jay walking, Justin Whitehead. What's up, sweetheart? you doing there oh man you know justin my headphones here a little bit i was just getting you in one ear not both that sucks i was getting you mono is that what they call it you can and then i went to stereo yeah i don't know man how's the new year kicking off for you oh it's just dangerous as shit man you make any new year's resolutions i think that's one of the dumbest things that a human being could do so you did what what, you didn't do it every day every day i'm making and breaking promises to myself why why just relegate that to four days in january save it yeah save the big ones to the start of the new year you know like some people start hitting the gym i don't know what so you never do that huh no the thing is i don't need any any you know impetus i don't need to be part of some cult i'll just do i already already did mine what's yours watch stir of echoes You, you scratched that off the old list nailed it yeah woke up january 1st first thought in my head cross it off not two weeks later it's, it's pretty solid not bad right how's um how's everything going with you how's you been out there dodging yeah I, I just uh you know came back from the west ready to drop science on a bunch of people yeah you're out in phoenix right yeah man city in the middle of the desert right surrounded by yeah that's, uh, that's desert one. terrain is that correct yeah 100 percent. did you go see any uh like myself, when I was last in Phoenix, did you see any uh, spoken word artists at a, at a local bar unexpectedly? No. I fell for her poetry, and we tried to look up so we could buy a CD. That's how much we enjoyed her spoken word performance. She, she must have been hot. I don't think she was. I honestly thought, I think it was the words. I. That's astounding. No, you get to go out there, had our, had some work, a work activity, a work meeting, and mm-hmm. got to play some golf and see some great people, and all that action is, is lovely. I got to sit on a plane next to an Alex Jones lookalike. And let me tell you, this Ooh. guy, and I told you about this on the phone, but I think the listeners deserve to hear it. Mm-hmm. This dude sits next to me and before the plane even takes off, starts playing this very weird fantasy game on his, gig- oh. on his gigantic phone, holding mm-hmm. it up at a very awkward angle. 
for an extended period of time. And then as soon as we crested 30,000 feet, mm-hmm. he ordered not one, not two, but three Miller lights from the flight attendant. Yeah. Lined them up, put his headphones on, mm-hmm. eased back, and watched a season of The Big Bang Theory <laughs> sequentially. It's only a four-hour flight. 22-minute episodes? Come on. He was pounding it. It felt like forever. Honestly, it felt like the same thing over and over again as somebody sitting to the right of it, sightless and soundless, just glancing over from time to time. So let me just zoom in real quick. If you're sitting next to someone that looks like or looked like Alex Jones, the the infamous um, right-wing piece-of-shit podcaster, whatever he is, media personality, that means you're sitting next to somebody that was reverse pretty. Yeah, Alex Jones um, sucks. Yeah, he sucks, but I'm, I, but looking like him sucks more. But, people uh, try to remember when people try to theorize that he was Bill Hicks. Have you heard this theory? I've heard, I've heard that, but it's it's sad. Our world is depressing. By the know? way, the guy to my right, I think he may have been from another country because he had this very strange contraption plugged into the airplane. That I can only assume was converting the currents for his device. Listening to the most generic shit. It was like a greatest hits, you know, Aerosmith and all this stuff. Oh, wow. I just I'd, I'd glance over to his phone and would see. Actually, you know, it would it was it wasn't just generic shit from the seventies. Yeah. Jane's Addiction, Been Caught Stealing showed up on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to see a little little white stripes show up on there. So he was, you know, an equal opportunity guy. Let me ask you this: Is there a, there was like this was like a plane? It was like a flying courtroom. Like you, you guys heard like a courtroom in the sky. No, because there was a judge on that plane, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking. It was a Nick Nunziata lookalike. <laughs> meanwhile, um, meanwhile, this this outcast was listening to an audiobook and playing dominoes on his phone so i'm really in no position to uh point dominoes yeah it's a Mexi- pizza game little it's a Mexi- pizza game little mexican train action oh wow so i didn't know so you 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 do have some weird phone games you dabble in some offbeat games i will say yeah you played that star wars it's not that that's a popular game but you played that star wars game longer than most do you still play it i i boot it up every once in a while whenever an ad will come up tied to a new series like so for mm-hmm. mandalorian right. they do some new shit i'll check it out you know the game's I, still running what is it what's it called galaxy of heroes when covid started i started playing um candy crush finally and then i gave up because there was a bazillion levels but i, I find that quite uh, relaxing i guess it's known for its like meditative qualities yeah and i joined the candy crush uh, forums I do yeah. too. I just go in there and talk about Uncle Buck mostly. <laughs> different, different site. Anyway, we're 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 you know we're zooming. We're still doing this remotely, sadly. Um, but I'm I'm looking at our appearances, and I think we could submit ourselves. Let me just get this, get your take on it. Best looking podcasters. What oh. do you think? Yeah, there's nobody out there really doing it. Let me um zoom in real quick. We're beautiful. <laughs> Looking rough. <laughs> My God. I try to look sort of presentable, but it didn't work. Still, I don't know. Video podcast? What do you think? Never. I find that interminable that those exist. The glory of podcasts to me is to be able to do it, moving around, doing other shit. I don't want to look. Bob Saget? Mm-hmm. Out of here. Yep. Betty White? Yep. Bye-bye. 
Bogdanovich. Got the least amount of press out of those three. Um, but those two people were known for being super nice. Bogdanovich, was he? I don't know. I'd like to have tightened that thing around his neck until his head came off. His um, ascot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He was an interesting, an, an interesting director. It's a nice way of saying shit. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Proceeding in death by his once uh, wife, ex-wife, uh, once wife, Polly Platt, who was a very talented and interesting figure, more so, I think, than Bogdanovich. But Bogdanovich had some chops, I guess. What was your favorite? Uh, as they interred him. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I was oh. <laughs> expecting. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. What's the guy that sounds like him that's still kicking it? He said, I kind of get them mixed up. Mazursky? Oh, Paul Mazursky? Mm-hmm. See the guy that did the pickle? I think he did. Is that your phone? I got a work email. That's strange at this hour. Get some praise. Maybe get some late night praise from your, your coworkers. It's actually, I, I cannot believe the ghost of Peter Vogdanovich has my email address. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy, it said. <laughs> Heavenly Ascot at Gmail. I can't com. believe your ghost knew how to use email, you fucking dead boomer. Um, what was he's, I gonna say? He's in God's junk folder. <laughs> I think I don't know how 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 long did he make it? He's in his eighties, early eighties. Yeah, I, more more known for him being a film historian towards the end there. Yeah, yeah, he did like a Tom Petty documentary that people well received, including me. Love it. Four and a half hours mm-hmm. of magic. Yeah, he was working on a right when he died. This first day on uh, Kip Winger documentary. <laughs> Too bad we'll never get that one. Four hours on the the, the creation of the song Madeline. <laughs> mm. Was that their ballad, or is that all they did was ballads? You know, they're a kind of an infamous hair metal band. But all those hair metal bands started out with a rocker, and then they'd go for the ballad that would make them. Oh, there's no make- doubt that Madeline was a, a follow up to some song. Yeah. That. Kip Winger blew out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kip, and his name was Kip, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, is anybody in history able to put that, pull that name off? I wish, in a way, Kip Waddell, you know? Yeah. It's Kip fun, Winger a, sounds like somebody who may show up on the Book of Boba Fett. What's, the, what's Kip short for? It's not. Is it just Kip? I I think it's just Kip. <laughs> it's, it's a huge Zoom, actually. I don't think that's probably his real name. I'm sure his real name is like Eddie. And just... Charles Frederick Kip Winger. So maybe it was his nickname or something. Mm-hmm. Kip. What's maybe it? maybe take naps at weird times. Zoom in real quick. That's Tom Hanks's character's name in Booze and Buddies. Kip. Kip. R.I.P. Peter Scolari, by the way. Out of here. A couple months ago. Yeah, a lot of dead fucks out there. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, everybody's yeah. everybody's going. Everybody's going. But are they, um, working on that, are they working on that cure yet for death? How, how we how we looking, boys? How we looking? No offense, that'd be the worst cure of all time. By the way, you think so? Yeah, death's necessary. Well, that's the thing. You know, there's the, the select few would just get it. Stephen Dwarf. <laughs> are you, are you talking about all the people like Justin Bartha, like all the big guys. Yeah, Bartha would get it. Yeah. Elliot Goldenthal. Yeah, Carrot Top, Living Forever. Yeah. Prop Comedy for Infinity. 
You ain't kidding. You know? Can you imagine if the one person that cheated death was Carrot Top? <laughs> Prop comedy in the year 3099? See, now I'm changing my, th- my thinking on this. But, you know, the thing is, death keeps our racist uncles from living long enough sure. to really fuck up a lot of people's lives. I don't like it, though, Nick. I will come out and say it. You don't like Not that? a fan. Not a fan of, of no. death? No, no, no. Mm-mm. Did you realize that, like, 80% of my humor is <laughs> geared around <No>. the, <laughs> the loss of someone? <laughs> of course. You know I got love for you, though, anyway. I don't mind. What about you? What's going on in the past week? Man, just, you know, work's been hitting me left and right. But, you know, I, I managed to squeeze in some movies this weekend, which was nice. But, you know, just been exercising a little bit, too. I don't know. Nothing much. Hang out with the fam. Um, watched Raising Arizona, which is a wonderful movie. Never gets watched old. This never gets old. I do want to see um, Joe, Joel Cohen's latest brotherless film. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but, yeah, so that nothing much going on. Thanks for asking. It's a big one today on the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We plant explosives on the sad. We one-up each other in the night. We crap the day apart. <laughs> we get fearful at the party. We shave a basket for fear. We feed a wolf a- all night long. Yearn for a skirmish. Swap spit with the kinks. <laughs> we clip hair like a monarch. And we wind upside down, watch a movie with a set of shit-ass eyes, and walk up and down, looking around, see what makes a break, share with the likes of the listener. So we're talking about Welcome to Mooseport. We're talking about the scene where Ray Romano fucks the living daylights at a Maura Tierney, only to find out she's not Gene Hackman. I forgot Maura Tierney was in Talk this. Talk about the little moments. Welcome to Mooseport, infamously Gene Hackman's final film, right? Yep. Didn't work after that. He was done. He was done with Hollywood after working with Ray Romano. Yeah, man. I bet he was a delight on that set. I bet he was lots of fun. I bet he was, actually. You think so? Yeah. So you've heard horror stories about him. Yeah, I heard he's tough to work with, but, I mean, performances, you can't complain. What a, One of the greats. I'd like to think that, on, like, when he signed up for that movie, he was like, I'm going to do this one and nine more, and then I'm going to call it a day. <laughs> All going to Mooseport. And then when he saw Ray Romano's trailer and then his own trailer, he's like, I'm out. He said, I can't top it. Ray Romano's become quite a uh, sought-after actor. He's become an, a curiosity in very small roles in very rare instances. No, I think he's been good. I like him in movies and stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, he's he's Ray Romano, but he, he works, you know. Uh, he's very good on that show, Get Shorty, which you'd never watch what you would like. Yeah, there's no way I'm watching that. Why? It's, it's still it. going? No, I think it finally did leave the airwaves after season three or four that's a good one man i recommend it it was on epics which i know you have a huge you're a huge epics guy you just you just keep laying down layers of reasons not to watch it you were like i think it's on netflix now it's on amazon enough it's it it it, it did get booted up to a service people watched yeah it's on epics man it's one of those epic shows he was acceptable in the irishman he's acceptable and everybody loves raymond Let's just get that out of the way. It's a great show. Well, Brett Morrison, is that his name? What's his name? What? No, not Brett Morris. What's his name? I bet you his name's Raymond on the show. No, what's the what's the brother's name? Brad Garrett? Brad Garrett. Why call him Brett Morris? News anchor. All right. Sorry. So, uh, Stir of Echoes, ladies and gentlemen. David Kemp, I believe his feature debut as a filmmaker. Writer yeah. of Jurassic Park and many other things. He's done a lot since. 
Mm-hmm. Never managed to be a monster, but he's always been reliable. You know, the trigger effect is a movie we both have a little affinity for. Yeah, that's, that was the one before this. He did two in a row that, that oh, was pretty good. Then, I thought, oh, so that came before this. Yeah, okay. that was his first, I think. And then he did A Secret Window, maybe, that wasn't quite as as interesting to me. Didn't he do that with Depp? Depp and yeah, Depp? He, he sure did. Yep. Yep. Always, you know, it's funny. Obviously, he wrote Jurassic. I didn't, I was, I can't, I was so disappointed when I saw what he looked like. Why? He just looks like a normal nerd. Exactly. You know, who's one of his, um, I was going to make a Kep Wenger joke. Oh. Kep Wenger. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, he directed a, a movie recently with Kevin Bacon, You Should Have Left, which yeah. is a horror movie that came and, out and, last and, year. And what person played his wife in that? Uh, what's her face? Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, yeah. You think Bacon might have been in on that decision? He's <laughs> like, let's get somebody who is 45 years younger than me. <laughs> Bacon, Bacon, uh, clocking in at 63, I believe, lately looks fantastic. He does. And he looks fantastic in this movie. Let's just get that out of the way. It's funny. When you go to IMDb and you look at this mm. movie, everybody else looks like hammered shit. And they're, mm. Bacon looks great. Fuck off. That is not true, because there's also Catherine Irby in this looking yeah, yeah. fantastic. Right, but I'm saying the current photo on IMDb. Oh, I thought you were talking about this movie. No, okay. she looks great in this movie. But mm-hmm. Elena Douglas looks great in this movie. Kevin Dunn looks great in this movie. But when you look at this page on IMDb, it's like hammered shit and Kevin Bacon. Oh, really? Even the boy who plays his son still looks like hammered shit now. You're talking about Zachary David Cope. Star Put of, some respect on his name. By the way, top build on the IMDb page in two films. Yeah, he only he had a young, he had a he was a child actor and he quit. He he must have stopped. He was like, you know what, I'm out of here. I got to do other things. I got to pursue other goals, Mom. I don't want to be Kevin Bacon treating me like shit on that film. I'm scared to go back to the set. Cap yelled at me. Let me change. Let me let me give you an alternate history of how that may have gone down. Yeah, Mom, I want to be in more movies. Mom, your agent said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're hammered shit. He's not He's not bad in this. I know you. I don't. I think he's kind of okay in this movie. You don't like him, huh? No, I know I you sent I, me the most insane, <laughs> insane video clip of him. It's on our Instagram possessed. now. Yeah. It's incredible, but it made but, me laugh so no, hard. No, actually, he looks like another child actor. Right. I can't place. Yeah. I can't place. They look yeah. just like it. Is he on Twitter? Is he on Insta? How's his COVID? That's why I wonder. Is Zachary David Cope? He three named it. He yeah. came in hard as a as a child actor. He's like, I'm gonna three name this. I'm gonna that's I'm gonna st- I'm gonna plant my flag into that child acting realm with three names: Zachary yeah. David Cope. And I'm gonna make that first name super large too. Yeah, Zachary. You call him Zach? I'm gonna. I'd like to think that that motherfucker is nowhere. Let's see. At the Stir of Echoes convention, Zachary David Cope today. Mm-hmm. Just put it, what's his net worth? He could. What happened to Zachary David Cope? Actor. He grew up to be a man. Uh, Twenty-seven only. A young man. You know, I'd like to. I wish we could have interviewed him for this. Just ask him how, how. What is it? What do you remember from this one? He's got a lot to do. I'm gonna zoom in. All right. 
Yeah. So what what was your relationship with this movie upon its release in, I believe, 99? Immediately went and saw it. I took uh, my wife um, to see it, my then girlfriend. And I loved this movie when it came out. I was really impressed. That's what my relationship was. And I bought it when it came out in DVD. And I've seen it a couple times since. What about you? Yeah. I covered it on the internet. And I, I liked it a lot. Saw mm-hmm. it. You know, I bought it. And uh, I think I may have watched it twice in my life. And uh, I didn't realize just, I mean, after reading up on it, after watching it, how much uh, there's, you know, people are saying it's very similar to The Shining and to The, mm-hmm. to the Changeling. Um, and I guess to an extent I see that. There's a little bit of that descent into uh, obsession. Sure. When a ghost... But uh, I don't know. It lost a there's little. Also, for me. There's also, you know, I think it doesn't feel as fresh as it once did to me, but I still like it a lot. Um, and I like the performances a lot. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things I always wanted, there's a ghost in this. There, I remember kept being interviewed and Jennifer Morrison plays, who, who is an actress and now a director, actually, directs TV. Um, she plays the, the, you know, the, the, the dead girl and she's a ghost and she's, she's in it a lot as like a kind of a creepy figure. Kep said that there's footage that they shot of her. That's, that was so frightening to audiences. They took it out because they wanted everybody to sympathize with her. They didn't want her to be like a ghoul. And I'm kind of bummed out. I would have loved to see, <laughs> see that kind of footage in this. Let's, let's get back. What's this about? What, what What's the plot here? Kevin Bacon is a blue collar guy. Right, lives in she lives in Chicago. Married to uh, Catherine Herbs, likes to party, likes to get hypnotized, likes to find ghosts, dig holes. <laughs> Has a small fucking bed. Not barely enough room for him and Herbie on that bed. He gets woken up in the middle of the night to get uh to get landed on by her. Well, it's, it's the morning. It. It's the morning. No, it isn't. It? It's like it's the two light, or three in the morning. The lighting changes though. But it does. What happens is, so Kevin Bacon plays a, a family man, a, a blue collar. Is his name Tom? Yeah. Let's zoom in. I uh, and he and he like he you know Catherine Irby works. I think she's like a nurse or something. She works at a hospital. She's got he, scrubs. That's all. I, yeah, they don't talk about her career too much. He works for like the city, right? He like he's, he's like a, a, he's like a lineman, 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 lineman for the city. So he anyway, he's bummed out because uh, you know early on speech to her, he he feels like he hasn't amounted to much. He hasn't. He hasn't reached his dreams. He's kind of let her down. He always wanted to be like a rock star or like in a band or as he says it in a band. Like he's, you know, he really ladles on the Chicago accent here a little too much. Maybe he goes like kind of begrudging. They have a a very young son together and, you know, they're just kind of scraping by in the neighborhood lives Catherine Irby. is a sister who's played by uh, Ileana Douglas. And she kind of spills details early on. She, before Catherine Irby can tell Kevin Bacon the news, she's pregnant. And Ileana Douglas, she figures it out. So, like, she's only six weeks along and, and tells Kevin Bacon that. Because she's, she's a witch. And this is what, yeah, she kind of has like a, they, they try to, yeah, she's got like some spiritual elements to her character. But anyway, that that's what sends Kevin Bacon into kind of a depression a little bit because he he's being further tied down to family. He can't be in a winger cover band like he wants to, you know. His reaction to finding out that they're having a child is not exactly the best one. Yeah, he says bummer. 
and then he goes into more he makes it about him you know he uh so let me backtrack a little bit before this scene the movie starts off with this kid in the bath and he's talking to a wall right he's talking to someone that's not there and kevin bacon's barely paying attention and then bacon picks his son out of the bath towel first so he he gets the towel and he dips the towel into the bath water and pulls his son out as he wraps the towel around him it's a huge mistake he skeeve, think. do you think he skeeves his son i think it sucks to like just grab your son out and put him on the towel or something but he actually dips the edge of the you know the whole bottom of the towel in the water that sucks you have to wring that out it's not fun it's like dripping everywhere it's a mess yeah but I, he's probably one of those guys that doesn't handle the child unless really necessary that's i mean you're right that's that's a good zoom anyway so then bacon leaves and his son He's, his son uh, says to like the window, does it hurt to be dead? So you know he's talking to someone that's not their ghost or some kind of spirit. Yeah. And what I thought was very interesting about that part is that he's asking the zoom the, the ghost to zoom in very early. <laughs> does it hurt to be dead? That's a huge it's a huge ask. But you know you don't get that answer till later. It doesn't seem like it's fun. I will say in this movie, it doesn't seem like she's enjoying her time as a spirit. Yeah, because she's an unrestful spirit. She is, yeah. She she's died angrier. She didn't die great. She didn't like her death. No, it wasn't fun. One of the things we see early on is that, first of all, this neighborhood looks like the least fun neighborhood. Mm -hmm. the, the, these people walk everywhere, and they have these parties that are like just a bunch of people smoking cigarettes and talking loud. Drinking beer? No, it looks like a fun party. It's a and Chicago the, party. And they're, and they're all, on. everybody's all a little beat up and shitty. I love Kevin Dunn now, but if that's your best mate... You need to right. move. You need to move away. He's a nice guy. His son's a is a big footballer. He's all him and his wife. And his wife in this is very funny. I think I like. She's got some she, good one. She reminds me of Anna Gunn a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I looked her name up. It's uh, Louisa Struss, I think. Okay, Lucia, maybe Lucia Struss. But I, I never heard of her. But she was. She actually has some. Every moment they give her in this, which is not many, she's funny. Except whenever her son shoots himself in the chest and she's crying. You're generous. That's not that's not true. I think she is funny. You're a generous man and people love you for it. He gets the news, goes to this party, he gets the news that his wife's pregnant. He's not thrilled with it. They end up he kind of gets dragged to this party um, across the street. Is where this is where he, he he gets hypnotized. Like he gets drunk and Elena Douglas wants to hypnotize somebody and he, he volunteers. Now it's a huge mistake because it, it is, changes something. It is not a huge mistake. It isn't. It's good that it happens, but he, it definitely changes him. It changes him, but we get to see him in a floating chair. We do later in that scene. Is it, in that scene, that there's so they they show him in a floating chair twice. Then so yeah, she asks him to kind of like um, picture an empty movie theater. He's in there looking at a white screen, and it's like a perfect COVID theater. Like that's kind of what you want. That's perfect, right? It's not what nobody there. It's not what exhibitors want. No, but it's what you want if you want to go see a movie. No one, no one there breathing, breathing foul, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then he's like, what you find out through all this stuff, and and he has some visions in this theater that aren't pleasant. As he gets pulled out of hypnotism, and everybody at the party is like thrilled. They're like, oh my god, you totally like. He's he, Bacon's like sweating. He's like crying. And Elena Douglas can't believe that she hypnotized somebody so perfectly and stuck a safety pin through his hand and all that stuff. Like he. She did all the tricks, and he, yeah, and he's flipped out. He freaks. Don't understand. He was trying to be. A, he's trying to be cool. He's trying to be a a doubter. Yeah, and she unlocked his mind's dick. <laughs> she certainly did. There's this directorial flourish that David Cap throws our way as his mm -hmm. eyes begin to close. We have a POV 
from inside his eyes as they close. I was like, sure. man, he is not fucking around. He's come to play today. Yeah, I think he. I think there's some very nice, stylish happenings in this film. But you know, some touches like, and you know, maybe they were a little bit more impressive 20 years ago. But I, I certainly enjoyed how he put. And this movie is like it. Like they, it's so it's got to be super low budget, right? I mean, all the money went to get hiring bacon. I imagine mm-hmm. he goes to bed, and that's when the sex scene happens, which I was thrilled about because, you know, I think Catherine Irby. I gotta admit, I, I wanna I would like to nominate her for for microscope legend status. Way, way too premature. I don't know, man. She's in this and she's in Kiss of Death, which is a kiss of death. Yeah, she's also great in that. I'll hold off, but we gotta do another Irby so I can we can make sure that it's official, you know. Sporting the sly little belly tat that you just get glimpses of from time to time. I think it's real. Oh my god, did you just super zoom? There's some tat that she has of her her once paramour and husband Terry Kenny in this. <laughs> Holy just, shit! Are you kidding me? They were me? together. They produced a uh, a son or a daughter, and she's got their initials on her tattoo. Now I don't know if that's her back tat or a belly tat, but she she definitely has a real tat of them. And no longer with Terry Kenny, by the way. I hate to break it to you, Nick. Terry Kenny. Another maybe legend on the microscope someday. We just haven't done any films of his. What's your okay? Now I love Terry Kinney. Most of it's from television. I mean, he was obviously in the firm. Is he, does he still show up on Billions or no? Yeah, and he was on Oz. Where is his legend status coming from? Because I, I remember I mean, here, here's the, here's the, the thing. I love Terry Kinney from um, Body Snatchers, the Abel Ferrara version. That's why I like him. That's where he kind of jumped on my radar but then ever since then he's been good in everything i've seen him in i love i loved him in the firm Mm -hmm. and i loved that biopic where liam neeson played him what is it did you see did you see it i did i did yeah terry kenny man he's still out there doing it i love it i mean that's that's not about him it's about irby and like i said first of all she's super cute in this movie i'm gonna be very uh i'll say it plainly and it's kind of a sexist thing to say it's a fact. She's also, I think, possibly gives the best performance in this movie. Now, Kevin Bacon is also good. Like, I really do like him in this, but she's very natural in this film. Like, she just seems like her character. She just, it's like a very good performance, I think. I give her a lot of credit for getting a performance out, even though she has to wear a fucking choker throughout this movie. I you know. Very 90s. I guess late 90s, but yeah. Yeah, and she and she does, like, she gets a lot to do in this movie, which I like, too. Even though it's very focused on bacon, they don't leave her out of the of the action. Nor do they leave Elena Douglas. I mean, she's got a decent-sized part. Another actress that I've always loved. Love, love, love her. Love yeah, her and she Douglas. just showed up on this really good series on HBO. I think she showed up. I haven't watched a season called Search Party. Which is really worth watching. I don't think you've ever seen it, but it's been on a bunch of it's been on a, for a bunch of um, seasons. And Ali, it's led by is it Ali Shawkat of Arrested Development fame. How do you like the scene where Bacon loses a thin tooth? So yeah, so in this, so it, it, when he gets back from being hypnotized, he goes to bed, wakes up at a weird time, and he, Catherine Irby starts to to hump on him mm-hmm. but she can't wait to get all up in some bacon and and she does and they're having a sex scene and they're enjoying it except bacon keeps hallucinating a grim murder like he keeps flashing to a murder that that he can't 
he doesn't understand. He keeps trying to shake it loose so he can concentrate on having sex. Can't do it. And so then he has to push her off of that. Him. See, that's the reason I think he may give a better performance than she does in this movie. Why? By making it seem like that doesn't totally get him off. How does that not seal the deal? There's some gross stuff happening. There's a there's a finger that breaks that a comes fingernail, off. A fingernail. fingernail that, yeah. yeah, fingernail that comes off. It's hard to watch. But, it, come, um, it comes right out of its nail bed. Mm-hmm, that's good, gross. And then he goes to the bathroom. And he looks in the mirror and he starts pulling loose his front tooth. And man, that that's hard to watch as well. Starts he, first he knows he's bleeding from the mouth, then he pulls a dead tooth. But super it's, gross. it's super thin. Yeah, well, of course it is because they had the, they did a weird fake out. But then it's a, then he looks back in the mirror and his tooth, his bloody tooth, no longer in the sink, rattling around, and his tooth back in his mouth when he looks in the mirror. It's like kind of a poltergeist moment. Yeah. So anyway, he's having a tough time. Like he. He, he realizes now that something has a switch has flipped in his brain and he wants to rewind that hypnotism. He, he wants to get unhypnotized. He wants to, he's complaining to his sister-in-law about what she did to him. And she says, she confesses that she implanted a suggestion was just open your mind to everything, right? To the, to the world. And in this like case, that. he opens his mind to a Kirsten Dunst looking ghost. It does. And Jennifer Morrison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later this would would appear on House MD, Nick, one of your favorite shows. I think I saw an episode of that once. I think it was on in the hotel room that you and I stayed in once, like when we went to, on a gambling trip. We watched 832 pound- minutes of, of, no, that was something else. House was, we watched a little bit of House together. And you're a huge, what, what's the guy from Dead Poets Society that was on that show? Robert Sean Leonard. Yeah, you were on, you're a huge Robert Sean Leonard fan. Yeah, I want to punch him to, to oblivion. You know, they they love going to parties and concerts. And there's a scene where they go to a concert and they get a babysitter. And it's one of the weirdest scenes in the movie to me because they're at mm-hmm. this in line to go to this concert. And he's already had this. I believe the kid has already spoken to the mom, kind of put the thought of her using this babysitter in her mind. Yep. Like subconsciously, because the ghost is telling him to bring, you know, her family there or whatever. I guess she's, she's grasping at straws because she sucks. And mm-hmm. so they're in line, and Bacon has a premonition, and he runs home. Kid's been kidnapped by this babysitter. Yeah, well, they, yeah. So I think they're going to a sporting event, Nick. I don't know what where they're going, but he isn't. He's not feeling right. He already had a hallucination where he saw the ghost. Remember, he got he sat on the couch, and like he turned the TV on and they leaned back, and the ghost was right there next to him, which is cool, kind of a cool shot. But he he's had some, some super weird... generous. Damn. <laughs> He had some weird uh, sightings, and now he's he's all discombobulated, headed to the sporting event. They got a babysitter that he doesn't know, and he just feels weird leaving the house. She hears, the babysitter hears something on the monitor, which is the son talking to somebody. Like the babysitter, she goes upstairs, you know, the son's talking to her dead sister, basically. And so she flips out, takes the kid to the train station. Kevin Bacon somehow knows that this is happening because he's got power, he's got the third eye now, whatever he's got. And so he, they give chase. They find their the babysitter with son at the at the train station. What happens? There's this confrontation. I hate the scene a lot because the I, I'll tell you why. Because the mother, okay, the mother of this girl ends up working at the train station. Yeah. So the, the you know her sister's been missing for a period of time. Mom thinks she ran away. The sister thinks she's been taken. Irby and Bacon show up. Obviously, this girl has committed a crime. A police officer shows up, and there's this whole scene where they're kind of yelling back and forth. And it's very obvious that the parents are in the right. Yet the cop, this girl has a picture of her and her sister. 
And the cop interrupts and says to Kevin Bacon and Catherine Irby, would you look at the picture, please? Like he's, yeah, he's just trying to. He's, he's getting, just trying to. Uh-uh. That's not a great performance by the cop. But no, look. no, it's bad writing. I don't care about the cop. That is not shame on you, David Kep. Fair enough. Adapting yeah, Richard, the, Richard Matheson, by the way. But, you know, Kevin Bacon realizes as this girl is talking, as this, and she's crying, she's like talking about her sister, that Kevin, he realizes like, he's like, we're not going to press charges. And Catherine Irby's like incensed. She's like, what are you talking about? They grabbed her son. And he, he realizes that she might be talking about the ghost that he's been seeing in the house, that this entity. And he's got to get to the bottom. No, he knows it's the ghost. He's aware. Yeah. But still dumb. And then another dumb scene happens. It's a great scene. Well, it has that, that, that picture that I sent you. But the kid is sitting on the ground playing with toys and humming like an asshole. Right. And he's ignoring his parents constantly. And it's at, it's at, at, at that point in the movie, I wanted him to die. I began to hate that little boy. I, okay. You better listen. Somebody's talking to you, goddammit. Don't you hum and ignore. I don't care how many ghosts you got living in. So, but he and does. Ken Bacon is trying to talk to his son about this. They figure out that he's the one that gave this girl's name, and they're trying to get to the bottom, and he's ignoring them like next day. And then, then what does he do? Does that voice. Yeah, what does he say? I don't remember. I suck. Talk to me. Yeah. And so that's a weird thing that happens. And so what ha what basically what's going on is Kevin Bacon then is he knows that his son is like obviously in touch with this ghost and he is he's frantically trying to get his son to talk to him or to go back to being possessed. And that's really pissing off Captain Irby. Right. And this there's another reason. Here's how we know this movie was cheap. Mm -hmm. They used a, an awful cover of painted black. They did. I ripped it. That's the worst thing they do in this movie. In fact, I think the ghost has something to do with that cover. Like when it comes on and I'm like, that just makes me feel a little bit less bad for her death. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's the song that the kid's humming. And that's the song that Kevin Bacon's humming throughout the film. But you can't tell because it's a cover version they're humming. It's bad. It's like a rocking version. By the way, let's zoom in on those lyrics. Um. It's famously, I see. It starts off with, "I see a red door, and I want it painted black." Right? Sure. And so, sounds like interior design to me. You know, like well, it's not remember, that cool. And in the beginning of the film, the theater is red and it's painted black. Yeah, it does get. You're right. It does go black, but that that is kind of a. Obviously, they couldn't afford the real thing, yeah. and they went with this shit version. And plus, Kevin Bacon is plucking it out on guitar later on, trying to. He's like, "Why do I know that song? Of course, you know what it is. Yeah. Come on." Man. I will, I will tell you he redeems himself, though, mm -hmm. because he is drinking OJ in this movie like it's fucking his job. Yeah, he gets thirsty. That's the thing. Of, that's the side effect of this of his uh, his open mind. He's always he's always drinking Wawa and OJ. He can't wait to down that stuff. A big old glass. Yeah, he's, my, it makes him that thirsty. would be my favorite part is when he his wife's pissed at him because right. he's been digging in the yard. Sits down there for a heart to heart. Pours two glasses of OJ like a bartender pouring cocktails, by the way, puts one in front of her, downs his in a heartbeat, gives her this very feral once over, and then you drinking that, and then he drinks that. Probably one of my favorite Kevin Bacon moments. She doesn't even realize the orange juice is in front of her. She's pissed because he's digging her out back for a dead body, 
that he thinks is buried in the yard because he received a new message and then um which we'll get to but he's making his son dig with him she didn't like that she didn't like digging up the yard she doesn't definitely doesn't like putting the son to work to try to find a corpse and she doesn't like him knowing that her grandma is dead before she does either that does happen right right then and, and there Kev, oh t-shirt game in this by the way social d kevin bacon wearing a social social distortion t-shirt in this okay the kid wearing a just a generic shirt that says Wild West on it, which you know you got you got to get that kind of stuff from Cole. Well, for sure. well, first of all, you're an idiot because the kid saw the Escape Club live and bought it at the show. <laughs> There's a that I talked about Kevin Dunn, uh, his wife at that party. Like, so Kevin Dunn is uh, got a wandering eye in this. Yeah, so he's he, checking out subtle, subtle though, and he's checking out some some uh, the female form of women who aren't his wife. His wife catches him doing it, and then later. She tells Catherine Irby that Kevin Dunn would stick it in a bowl of soup if it was still warm. Right. Which I thought was kind of a hot. Yeah. Yeah. Babysitters were reading a Richard Matheson book who's who wrote this. Mm -hmm. He's also the author of I Am Legend and other lots of other was also once Twilight Zones. Once famously married to Harrison Ford. (laughs) But not the same thing. Oh, oh. Uh, the kid has a picture of Earth from space in his room, just like, you know, do you, do you notice that? Like Fox Mulder? Just a picture of the globe. Yeah. Pretty, just a, kind of a boring. Pretty good zoom. boring. Good zoom. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was trying to zoom in on a couple of things. Um, there's that we missed a lot. Like, so Irby. Did we? There's there's that scene when Irby and the kid are like dance walking and, they ha- and then the kid runs into a cemetery. Remember? Yeah. And then uh, it speaks to this dude. And then she goes and visits that dude, and he's dressed like an idiot. Yeah, I know. She has a shining. He has a. The kid has a shining moment, like a telepathic moment with this cop, and and the cop. They're in the cemetery. And he says, he says, you know, you don't have. He says the boy's got the eyes on him, doesn't he? Which sounds weird. And then weirder, he says, he I'd figures like out Irby. Irby isn't the one that has passed down this trait, but it must be his daddy. He said, tell daddy to come by and see me tonight. Might learn a few things. And he hands her his card. Now you take that out of context. And this is a different. Hell, you take it in context. It's a porn. So she's the one that actually goes to visit this guy. He's not happy about that. You can tell. No, he he wanted to see Bacon. And so he's leading some kind of club, like some kind of group, like a group session of these people that can receive uh, messages (laughs) from the other world. And they're they're pissed. And they're pissed that there's there's somebody, an outsider there. They don't want her there because they're embarrassed about their power, apparently. And he's dressed like a freaking weirdo. So then, yeah, then Kevin Bacon gets this other message from, like, he goes back to uh, his sister-in-law and she hypnotizes him again. He gets a new message that says, dig, and the ghost is in the empty theater this time. Right. She's watching a movie. She's taking it in. Yeah. I wonder what movie she was there for. I wonder what, she thinks she bought a ticket? I thought it was a little much when she was eating snow caps i liked it whenever um whenever uh he's hypnotizing she's like you're in an empty theater he's like i'm not i'm not in it there's someone in here and she's like no it's an empty theater you know and he, he keeps protesting it's the ghost for god's sakes but yeah so that's when he starts to dig he's got a herbie comes home with groceries he's got a refrigerator full of uh, oj cartons there's a weird like close encounters vibe to him as much as the shining i got mm-hmm. i got shades of, of dick dreyfus too oh yeah anyway so the kids out there digging with daddy 
couple of interesting things happen here. There's a Tonka truck out there that the kid's playing in the dirt mounds with, which is ice of a Tonka truck. Did you? You and every boy. I know, but they, are, those, are they even things anymore? Are they still well, making Tonka 100, trucks? 100%. Yeah. You could get really hurt on the old Tonka trucks. I, I fell on that thing a couple of times. Tonka trucks are sort of life's early deciding if you're worth being alive toys. You think so? Because it sets you up for catastrophic death. And right. if you could get through that period, okay, maybe you've earned the right to at least live to the teens, you know? Did you ever, did you ever hurt yourself on your Tonka truck? You yeah, had, you yeah, had, to. yeah, because you try to use it as a roller skate at some point. Well, it would have, so of course that, but you would like smash your hand because it was like a dump truck. So you'd get your hand under the, the back part of it and smash your hand or pinch yourself. But it's also had some sharp edges. And yeah, you try, of course, you try to skate on it. Yeah. Anyway, so then, um bacon's out there shirtless giving us a little uh little eye candy he's a wiry physique and he says to his wife because he keeps digging and then he's hitting the 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 dirt with a hose and he said what he says water softens up the dirt he mm -hmm. zooms in he really does and did you did you do you agree with that 100 percent. i don't think I, I ever did it i've been there hose in the backyard is such a it's such a like a uh, working class like Chicago and like, you know, you got the hose back there, you're spraying shit, you're digging up shit. I've, have you um, had to, well, when I was- Just the way he holds the hose is like a cliche, yeah. you know, and sprays things with it. Although, ahead, tell sorry. me you didn't feel a little for him, a little kinship when he had to unplug it from one hose and run it across the yard to the other. Of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. He's mad. They, they get a little glimpse of his uh, back tattoo in this. He's got a snake in the middle between his shoulder blades. Did you check that out? Did I you didn't, notice? No, I didn't notice it. I did not. So in the trivia, he patterned his tattoo, which was fake, after Irby's real tattoo. So that means they both have Terry Kinney's initials on it, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, yeah, so then her then her grandma dies, and he knows before she does. And she, yeah, she she lost. And then I caught us up. I love, I love it, though, because one of the other great scenes in this movie, so he gets really obsessed and starts really digging up around everywhere. Yeah. And the, and the movie kind of hits peak madness when he just has a jackhammer. Oh, yeah. And he is well, so jackhammering he... and cackling <laughs> like a loon where all the neighbors can hear it. Yeah, so he, <clears throat> he, tried, he hooks up that hose to another thing and the wire doesn't turn on, so he goes goes into the basement and then while he's down there he realizes okay maybe i've been digging in the wrong spot i can just jackhammer into this concrete gotta go rent one um and so he starts he starts chewing up the floor meanwhile his wife is at the wake for her grandma he didn't go he said i can't go i, I got work to do here <laughs> which is a and so they get in a fight because you, you can't slip that's a you got to go with your wife to your grandma's funeral you know Nope. And he, he doesn't. Mm -mm. And, um, but this is setting up the end of the film. Yeah, because earlier on, Kevin Dunn is praising his son's football career. Right. They have another friend who's like a cop who's mm -hmm. got a, a jock son as well. And you know, yeah. they're planted something there. Sure. So Kevin, you know, is a, I think he's finally reached the end of his rope when it comes to digging in the ground. And he notices the wall 
the mortar's a little weird, so he starts. No, no, he's, he's sledgehammering, and then he. Oh, he accidentally back hits it. Yeah, hits the wall, and it comes loose, and there's like it's a it's like kind of a well, there's a wall behind a wall, and he starts pulling bricks down. You know, it's you know it's finding time. It's finding time, Nick. He finds a, a beautiful red jacket, mm-hmm. and then a desiccated, what looks like a desiccated old lady. And her, she's got glasses on her still, and they're they're askew, which he doesn't fix. Which I thought was, I wish he would have straightened those out for the ghost. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's a bad, it's a bad look. Um, so yeah, he finds he finds what he's been looking for, and the neighborhood certainly hears all this stuff happening. And he has, we find out earlier that he that he has bought a house from one of the people that lived in the neighborhood, and they're the first tenants after it's been refinished. Yep. Anyway, also Kevin Dunn's son has is in the hospital because he shot himself, and Kevin Bacon kind of dreamed it happened, and then he ran, and it and he was too late, right? Like it actually did happen, right? That's another sequence that's kind of cool, actually. Not as not as much for the kid. Um, (laughs) Very generous. So yeah, so he finds the body, and then all hell breaks loose. Before he can call the cops, he or before he calls the cops, he goes over and tells Kevin Dunn. Because when he finds a ghost, he touches her. He, he holds, he her, holds her weird little velvet hand. And he sees what happened to her, which is... A rape. Or attempted rape, but it was... Um, it was bad. Like this, And she was kind of a, uh, a girl that was... No, that people in the neighborhood thought she was a little slow, right? Like yeah. She wasn't... And um, the, she would have a lot of friends. And so these boys were in this house that was being renovated. And they... They call her up to hang out, and so she does. And then they immediately start to, uh, one of the boys, aggressively kiss her, which she invites at first, and then is like, it's too aggressive, so she wants to leave. They don't let her. And then she's destroyed. And they hurt her, and then they kill her. And it's very sad. And so then, so Kevin Bacon saw what happened, and he goes to tell Kevin Dunn that I saw, you know, your son is a piece of shit. I'm glad he's in the fucking hospital with a hole in his heart from a gun. He sucks. I hope he never wakes up. Yeah. But I wanted you to know before I call the police. And Kevin and, Dunn uh, uh, t- can, is down in the uh, in the dungeon there, and he's a little frazzled, and he, he kind of finally admits that he helped cover it up, pulls out a yeah, gun. Yeah, he goes, he, well, he, and Kevin Bacon shows him, the, he, doesn't take her, he takes him to the house, shows him the body. Yeah, pulls out a gun. Kevin gets out of there. You hear a gunshot. Two gunshots total. Well, you have to specify Kevin Bacon and Kevin Dunn. So which one? Can't say Kevin gets out of there. Kevin Bacon climbs the ladder when the gun comes out. And then um, Kevin Dunn, like he shoots to to make him leave. And then you hear another gunshot when he climbs up the ladder. And then shortly thereafter, the other fellow Mm -hmm. and his son are at the door. Another neighbor that sold the house. Yeah, yeah and Kevin, Catherine Irby's on her way. These guys come in, and it's it's obvious that things are, are not going well, and it gets more and more ominous for Mr. Kevin Bacon. Catherine Irby pulls so, yeah. up, beeps the horn, and stops them from shooting Mr. Kevin Bacon. Just yeah, in they, time. Yeah, so Irby, her, she, she has a knife in her purse. She goes back to see it because the lights are turning out as she pulls up. She pulls up, honks the horn, and she's there to pick up Kevin Bacon to go to the the wake and she like kind of took she's like i'm not taking no for answer i'm coming to pick you up he was trying to remember she called him and he's trying to be like yep oh it's fine here and the whole house is destroyed from his like digging like he's fucked up everything in there 
it backfires on him because she's trying to get her him. He's like, I'm sorry I didn't come, but you know, um, everything's fine here. I, I've cooled down. I'm not being a complete insane person. And then she's like, Oh, you're not? Well, you should, I'm gonna come pick you up. He's like, No, 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 don't. And then she comes to pick him up. Yeah. She's got a knife in her purse because she's about to body some fools, you know? <laughs> and she kind of she kind of does in a way. She stabs some toe. It's it's weird because with it the the scene is edited. Guy's got a gun to Bacon's head. She beeps. Right. They look outside. A good bit of time passes because she comes out of the car, reconsiders, and goes and gets the knife. Meanwhile, the lights are being turned off all over the place. It's the fact that Kevin Bacon's still alive is a bit of a stretch. By the time she well, gets they the put knife. a they put a pillow over his head to you know to muffle the gunshot sound, and then the the horn goes off. So they decide not to kill him yet. And when Irby comes in, they decide to kill both of them. But guess what happened? She's a badass. No, Kevin Dunn out of fucking nowhere. Oh yeah, that's that's that part blew my mind. Because mm-hmm. what the fuck was he doing down there all this time? So he so it's a fake out. So he whenever he you hear a second gunshot like he's like he killed himself. But I guess he was just shooting around down there because he he comes up with hero moves and shoots the son and the daddy. The son gets shot. Catherine Irby goes for the toe stab. And then the daddy gets shot. And man, done, man, unloads. But I don't understand what he was doing down there all that time. I mean, it's, let's not speculate. It's very strange. Well, I mean, he's just lost in his own thoughts and regrets. He helped cover it up. And then um, he leaves him. He, he Kevin Dunn comes up and he, he proclaims. He said, they're going to kill you, Tommy and Maggie. And I was like, that's a late Zoom, bro. I think we know. You know, like Kevin Bacon heard that message loud and clear before that declaration came out. Yeah. And then he goes, no shit. he sits on the steps all crestfallen. And then we get to see something that's pretty weird. We see the ghost. Now that she's been discovered, the ghost is thrilled. Yeah, we see like a few shots of her just being thrilled to be a ghost. And she she walks into the street and car drives to through put her, her ass. Yeah. yeah, she gets to put her coat on. Like she gets to put her glasses on. She's not, she's no longer like ghoulish. She's free. She's free from the house. And I think later on, Kep did a movie called... Is it Ghost Story? They kept do that. Ghost World with Ricky Gervais or Ghost Town, and that scene—that's a touching movie. I don't know if you have ever seen it. It actually is kind it's of. Is Ricky Gervais? Yeah, Ghost Go- Town. Ghost World, isn't it? It's, no, Ghost World is the okay Daniel Clark, whatever that guy's name is. I don't the, the anyway. So Ghost Town is that, and it's 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 got a, some scenes reminiscent of this scene, I think. And I, I like that movie. I don't know. Do you like it? I never would watch it. I'm not a fan of him. It's it's a sad movie actually cuz he he's a, in that movie he's like it's kind of similar to this like he has a he gets I think he gets put um under for something like a colonoscopy when he wakes up he's in touch with like the spirit world and they are asking him to complete certain tasks and he keeps trying to ignore them but he he ends up doing it and setting them kind of their souls free. It's actually a sweet movie, but it's very similar to this in, actually in a weird way. Except Ricky Gervais is hard to look at. No, he's got the back snake tattoo and he's shirtless watering the the ground and that as well. Um, but I, I love that. So Don has this, he's sitting on the stairs all bummed out after he murdered father, son. And he says, Tommy, this is a, you know, this neighborhood is, this, this is a great neighborhood. This, this stuff doesn't happen here. It's just such a weird thing that this happened because it's wonderful. They cut to then the funeral for Samantha, this, this girl that was murdered. There's like seven people at this funeral, six maybe. Yeah. All family and the and and bacon, Maggie. No one comes in this whole no movie. One. And then how's it end? 
they're, they're moving. They're yeah, they're they're moving, and and, and the kids hearing all these voices for God's sakes. Yeah, he's in, he's going past all these di- these different like brownstones, whatever those things are, and he's covering up his ears because he keeps hearing voices from all the saying his name from all the houses. So he's he's fucked. He got the shine. He's got a little six little six sense happening here, and and um, they said that this movie's uh, the wind kind of got taken out of its sails by the success of that movie a little bit similar vibe to it except this movie this doesn't have a piece of shit starring in it don't you dare bruce willis oh god are you talking about Haley joel both could go fuck Haley joel's a little bit of a, a crack actor these days i love him okay had a resurgent resurgence the generosity is fucking overflowing today what are you talking about you don't like Haley joel osmond no promise me you don't like him. <laughs> i don't believe it it's a solid little movie. It's cute. It's not cute. It's cute. It's a curiosity. I, just, I like it. It's it's definitely worth seeing. How did you watch it? I bought it for three ninety nine. I watched it on uh, IMDb through Amazon. So I watched ads. I don't know. I should have. I recently it. rewatched Frailty, which is another small, kind of neat, mm-hmm. little, cute, <sighs> offbeat, cute, huh? like hard. Bill Paxton. Did he direct that? Yep, Maddie McCann. Wait, is it is Bill Bill Paxton directed, but he's not in it. He is, is he totally it? in it. Yeah, he's totally so in it. So Matthew McConaughey he McConaughey plays one of his grown up sons. No, their brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, decent. It's three ninety nine on Apple if you feel so inclined. If you want yeah, to throw see, kept some dollars. Yeah, if you want I'm to sure see, he still rakes in the coin from this one. You want to see Catherine Irby being a cutie, her little squat body moving around the screen. Small drink of water at five two. I looked how tall she was because there's a scene when she's walking with her kid who is five in this maybe or something. And she does not look that much taller. Yeah. She was, is a tiny, um, she hails from Massachusetts. I thought that, uh, or from up that way, at least because I thought maybe she was from Chicago, the way she, her accent feels more lived in than bacon's. I think. Lots of tats in this movie, mm-hmm. but there's more coming folks. Oh man, Justin, you got to get yourself a tattoo from Stir of Echoes on your person. What you getting? Oh God, that's such a good question. I mean, I'm just gonna celebrate. I'm just gonna get the exact replica of uh, Catherine Irby's tattoo. Her dedication, her dedic, her dedicated tattoo to one Terry Kenny TK, his initials, and then her son's initials, I believe, which I would, I would put on there and then have the tattoo artist cross out and say, you know, because I just want TK on there. Or maybe you could just yeah. have that and then add a bowl of cereal and then have an X over the cereal and then say TK421, you're not at your post. Cereal. Anyway, what about you? I'm going to get, um, I'm going to have uh, a, per- a perfect replica of Catherine Irby somewhere along, you know, like the timeline of, of human evolution from like the frog to the upright man to the Neanderthal to the, you know, the primate to Catherine Irby. Her at the end of evolution. Like, like this is what we've all been building towards. And then if she's in a halter top with a choker, and you can see a little bit of that tat. And she's just a tiny, like you said, a, a, a shot glass of water. So the she primates crescended into her. And then you can see the, the beginning of the next evolutionary step forming in front mm-hmm. of her, which is obviously, it's a creep from Splice. Irby <laughs> should have been in more shit. I will say it now. I'm going to, I don't understand why she wasn't cast more than things i know she was a tv detective for a long time i think she was wasn't didn't she work with d'onofrio on sure. one of those shows i need more irby in movies man and too late to sound that siren call you know like 
she's got to be in her 50s, late, maybe early 60s. I mean, Kenny, how, how old is Terry Kenny, for God's sakes? I bet you in his late 50s. Terry Kenny. Oh, he's in his he's in his late sixties at least. I think Kenny's in just hitting fifty. You gotta be shitting. I'm gonna say he's fifty-eight. My guess is fifty-eight. There's I mean, if he is close to seventy, I'd be not surprised. I'm gonna look that up right now. My guess is fifty-eight for TK. Sixty-seven years young. You are so wrong. He looks not a day over it. Was married to Elizabeth Perkins and Catherine Irby. Both ended in divorce, but Irby. Is only fifty six years young. Still got fire left. Perkins, the 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 beneficiary of a really bad beauty mark. You mean? Always threw me off. That little beauty mark on her lip threw me off. Oh, you don't like it. By the way, wasn't she in a movie with Kevin Bacon? Perkins. He said. She said. Yeah, I think you're right. Man, zoom in. Look, the film's over. Credits mm-hmm. have rolled, but alas right. and alack, there is a stinger at the end. How you feasting? <laughs> <laughs> Are you, that's some additional footage from Stir of Echoes. How you feasting, Jeff? <laughs> um, so Kevin's Bacon's at the funeral. He's like, problem solved. This is, I did my part. Job well done. Solved this mystery. And he starts seeing these terrifying images flashing in his mind from the ghost in a coffin. Like she's pissed. <laughs> like she, they're putting her there. She's like, this is worse. <laughs> I thought I had it bad in the house. And so he, he's like, no, it's good. Like, yeah, I think this is what's supposed to happen. Actually, no, 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 no. She's like, move me back in. So he has to start digging again. Oh no! Late at night, he's got. He says to his wife, "I got to put that bod back, baby." And then, and then she's in bed with him, and she's on top of him again, and he's holding her desiccated hand. She's under the bed, and he's mm-hmm. holding onto her desiccated <laughs> hand while he's getting ridden. Just and and, she, and, and, and no, that's not what. I, oh, so then he gets her back in the house, starts having flash flashes again she's like i changed my mind that's really what i was supposed to do so it's just a couple of deleted scenes and she just ends up back in the cemetery it's fine yeah that one guy never comes back the the cop yeah. he has a couple scenes in this where he's clairvoyant and then he or whatever and he he doesn't come back i thought he was pretty good in those scenes though. Oh, generosity uh, mine is kevin dunn's son has gone through an amazing healing process bo smith jr is the actor's <laughs> name I mean, like eighteen months of 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 just coma healing. His eyes snap open for the first time, and he looks around, and they are strapping him into the electric chair <laughs> for murder. <laughs> for hers? Yeah, he's a killer. Dead. <laughs> That'd be a shitty way to end this film. They said last any you know before you kill you. What's your last meal? Orange juice. <laughs> Just want to just put orange juice in a bowl. Give me a glass, uh, uh, a bowl. Give me a glass of orange juice. Then when a frozen orange juice popsicle that you used to make when you were kids. And they're like, "We're down. Great conductor for electricity." Movie's mm-hmm. over, and it's singers mm-hmm. all gone. But they've just greenlit a sequel. Money just Did they really made its way through the whisker biscuit of time and paid out. Doing the sequel already, huh? Yeah. Right after yeah. the this extended scene. Kevin Bacon, this this just sounds like a perfect title to this movie. Kevin Bacon, don't even change it. Kevin Bacon, Ghost Detective. And that's the movie. It's a sequel to Stir of Echoes. They did make it a sequel to this. Kevin Bacon did not return, but Rob Lowe came in. Um, they made a sequel to this? They did. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Rob Lowe is uh, the star of that sequel. 
Is he playing? I made a joke back in the day. He I wrote this up for Chud. Okay. And I called the article title The Stir of Eclos, which mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. I is, still remember is it. Is he playing Tom or a new character? I think it's a new character, yeah. I don't think, and I'm not sure, I don't think Irby came back, and I think it's just a whole new cast. Kep wasn't involved. I don't know how it got a sequel. It's not a huge, didn't make a ton of money in the theater. Did okay. Yeah, so I would. he would be a ghost detective. He'd just be solving ghost crimes. Not all murder. You know, yeah. it could be just ghosts that are yeah. haunting a public space, you know. Loitering, yeah. yeah. Mine's uh, similar. Bacon and Irby and their young son move into a new house at the end of this film. They move, yeah. into, they move into a house across town in Chicago. Coincidentally, in that house, Kevin Dunn's son and another kid killed a different girl. Oops. That's funny. That's funny because you, and we didn't say that guy's character's name yet, but he is known in the movie. His, his, if you look on IMDb, it's Kevin Dunn's son <laughs> is the character's name. What are the odds? You know? <laughs> you can't. It's the same murderers, too, huh? Yeah. No, a different murder, different ghost. Like, but they, the same. Say murderers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it all Lynn Douglas is like she's the movie starts off and she's like hitting her head like Jesus, not again. <laughs> He's pissed because he had returned all of the digging equipment to the the Home Depot. Now he has to go back. Sure, and, yeah. I think he goes to uh, the hardware warehouse. I believe. Okay, it's not the Home Depot. <laughs> That's a yeah. super zoom, and finally, <laughs> finally something not too optimistic and generous. Look, it, it is made up to look like a Home Depot. He's in a Home Depot. It looks like, but it's the hardware warehouse. They did up a sign for it. Probably there any ghosts floating around in there that he was getting all weird about. Give me some chiclets. Oh, fuck. By the way, Irby had to be a do-it-yourselfer after that sex scene because he didn't. You've been given the financing to have your own business associated with Store of Echoes. Sure. I, mine's obvious. Okay. It's called Store of Echoes. And we have a yeah. fabrication facility where we will make a desiccated version of your loved one. Gnarled, oh, yeah. gnarled out. You know, you, you, uh-huh. you give us photographs, we do a body scan, get some some of their clothing, we make a perfectly desiccated version of them. And in the, you know, you know when you buy those dinosaurs that are inside of a rock and you get to chip them out? Right. Well, this comes in like a like a fake brick wall that you could chip your loved one out, out of this wall. Oh, and, yeah, it's like a fun thing, right? Yeah, and you desiccate them out and you look at their fucking gnarled ass body, hold their melty hand. You know, we've, we, we've, we've, we've given them like this, you know what, a, you know, when you've ever held one of those fake plums? Oh, I mean, I mean today. Yeah. That's got a little yeah. hair on it. That's what the, that's uh-huh. what the fist feels like. Perfect. So you can have like a perfect chiseled out, desiccated loved one. Store of echoes. I love it. So I would, you could also, um, you could also, they also have working anatomy. No. <laughs> Mine would be a series of just places where you could spend the night. You know, like just place if you're on vacation, you spend a night in there. It's like a little room, like a small place. And there's a bunch of just scattered through the room. You got a bed, you got a bathroom and just a ton of Catherine Irby body pillows. And it's an it's an Airbnb, which I made this joke before the show to you. And I had one, too. And I killed it. And I had to do it because I am scrambling for an idea. (laughs) But I did like as I thought of it, I did like. The idea of a Catherine Irby body pillow and not in a very in a gross way just to hang out with you know, just to just maybe put my arm around during a watching stir of echoes do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you know put up in the closet it's fine like it's just completely a platonic man pillow relationship nothing else going on there all right Don't get any ideas you sick man 
I mean, I give a smooch. I might give it a smooch sometimes, but I give my normal pillow a smooch, a little hug and a kiss sometimes. Night, night, you know. Yeah, I hear, but I mean, body pillows are meant to be intertwined with. Don't even. Just telling you, that's the best. They're the best pillows in in the world. Well, then my maybe my item would be just be the Catherine Irby body pillow, and and at five two, it's not that big of a pillow, quite honestly. (laughs) That's true. Look, you're in the movie. You're a character in Star of Echoes. Yeah. What shape does your performance take? You think Stir of Echoes is like a Shakespeare phrase? Is that where that comes from? Stir of Echoes? It sounds like something he'd put in one of his goddamn plays. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think so? I don't is know. That where that comes from? Where does know. it come from? Where does that phrase come from? I here? don't know. Maybe you heard it Where's in some it? spoken word thing in Phoenix, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm the unborn second child in Irby, and I'm listening to all this shit going down through the ebb and flow of her muscles and skin and blood, and I'm hearing all this. I'm hearing Kevin Bacon's accent. I'm hearing him digging. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that grandma's already dead and never get to meet her. I hear my brother's got a, a case of listening to the dead. So I'm just starting to wind that cord around my neck real tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, total, totally normal response <laughs> to a legitimate question. What character would you play? In Stir of Echoes, 1999s or 98? I believe Sixth Sense came out in 99. Maybe same, maybe the, same year. The, the kid's gravestone, the ghost's gravestone is 99. And this? Yeah. That's a good Zoom, by the way. Underappreciated Zoom. That you just threw out? Yeah. I'd play a guy that was hypnotized at the party. I could, instead of seeing like the spirit world, I can glimpse my head. She suggests to me that you'll be able to, you know, you should see ahead of yourself so you know where you're going you know and i'm the friend that all i'm talking about is i keep coming over and like i'm like frantic outside and bashing on kevin bacon's door pacing outside he he opens the door he's having his own freak out of course he's got living with his ghost i'm out there i'm like it's coming man it's coming they're gonna make skyrim they're gonna make skyrim it's it's gonna they're gonna get skyrim there's gonna be dlc you know i just they're gonna do Skyrim. He said, "What are you talking about? It's it's gonna be a it's just this is a massive RPG." Just keep talking about Sky Skyrim, Skyrim, and I start you know fashion. He's like, "Wait, you're in the Mile High Club? No, no, it's a game, man. It's a game, video game. It's fantastic. It's so much better than what we have now. I can't. They're gonna make it. I promise you, Skyrim. We just have to make it. We just have to make it 12, 12 more years." And and, and he, he looks at Bacon's desk and he sees a tattered disc of Elder Scrolls. It's like it's th- this is the beginning. Yeah, this is a catalyst, dog. You know, I'm not going to finish it. I'm not going to finish it. I'm going to abandon it yeah. a third of the way through. Um, yeah, that's that's my character. That'd be weird if you're like everybody's going to have a great cell phone. Black president and, and, and Kevin Bacon laughs. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I believe the cell phone part. Look, you're on an island. You've, sure. you've been there all these many years, gathering debris from films, and now it's time to take yeah. something from good old Stir of Echoes. There's a lot to take here. There's a lot to choose from. You might want to really think. Sit down. You peep uh, across the water there, looking at my normal haunts. Nowhere to be found. You don't see me anywhere. And then one yeah. day, you glance up at this bird that's circling the island, and you zoom in. Ain't no bird. I'm on a barca lounger. Oh, yeah. Coasting through the sky like a fucking shipwreck Modoc. <laughs> <laughs> that is like 
maybe the best thing you've ever taken from a movie. What a perfect thing to have. Are you floating out over the seas? I am circling the island. Ocean? I'm like doing a flyby, man. On my couch. You can visit me in that thing. I'm in an armchair floating ass, man. <laughs> I had mine I had mine uh, done and dusted, and it flew out of my mind. <laughs> picturing your awesome idea. I seriously, oh my God, I can't remember what I was going to do. All right, let me think. Give me some more tales about your flying chair. Oh, I mean, shit. You know, uh, I, I recline and, and potato chip fragments fall down onto the scattered Georgie. You know, I circle that dumpster. I'll go up to the, I'll go check out to see that, that kid I've trapped on the far reaches of the island from time to time. Can I, is there any way I can r- jump in your lap and ride over to your island on it? There's no doubt. As a matter of fact, you made my day. Mine is, I grabbed that picture, man out of the room, the picture of the globe from outer space, a picture of earth mm-hmm. and I'd hang it on a tree. And I just like, I'd stick some of these tall, like palm tree, whatever those brand, you know, branches or leaves from fronds. Is it there fronds? And, and uh, you can't see, you know, you can't see what I'm doing. I'm like, you know, I'm doing something in that picture. And I'm fr- You see me pacing back and forth. I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm customizing it. And you're like, what is he doing? It's just, he's been working for weeks over there and it's just like not done, not done. You hear me screaming, kicking things. I'm kicking coconuts. I'm throwing sh- shells in the sea. I can't get it right, Nick. I'm screaming. I'm on my knees. I'm screaming at snails and crabs. <laughs> screaming at worms. I'm screaming at atoms. I'm pulling my hair out. I'm putting sand in my ears. I'm I'm actually, like it looks like I'm going nuts. I can't get it right. But finally... It's over. You hear all the commotion, all the insanity stops. And I, I peel back those fronds like it was like a big reveal for you. And you're sitting there waiting for it in your hovering chair. Mm-hmm. And I've scrawled on the picture an arrow with the words, you are here, pointing to the earth. <laughs> Perfect. I did, I did it right. Is it at least pointing towards the island on the map? No, not even close. Oh, my no. gosh. It's good though. Where are we lo- where are we located? In in a body of water somewhere. <laughs> I did have a shirt that said that on it once and I, I tried pulling it off. Somebody gave it to me. I tried wearing it. You're here? As Earth you are here. I, I couldn't do it. You know why? Because it, it's great. It flew off me. I couldn't get it on because I'm too cool for a shirt. Oh, like okay. That. Couldn't fit it on. Anyway. I think it'd be great if um that little ghost of that dead girl maybe haunts the island a little bit and she sees you are here pointing to earth and she is not, you know, she's like in another realm sucking wind and just makes her even more depressed, you know, starts clawing, mm-hmm. clawing at her what do you th- dead body. What do you think of uh, Jennifer Morrison's performance in this? Do you like her? It's an early performance by her. I, I didn't know she still existed. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do anything. She's just looking weird. Her friends, uh, I got to zoom on her. Okay. Her close friends call her Jay Moore.
seem sharp as knives There's no safety in this life But I find a drive to carry on And what I say Till you risk everything